with authority. All right, thanks for joining us on the With Authority podcast, ABC7. I'm here with Ricochet, WWE, and when we had a chance to catch up to pretty much any WWE superstar we wanted, the only guy I wanted to talk to was Ricochet. So again, I'm so sorry. You probably had far more interesting things to do today than to talk to me, but but I got you for a little while at least. No, it's good. Today is actually a great day. Today is kind of an off day for me. You know, we were talking about a little bit before, so today is kind of an off yeah. day for me, you know, because we got Mondays and then when we get back on Tuesdays, Tuesdays are kind of my off days. I don't do anything, you no know, like working out, no nothing on Tuesdays. Kind of just chill, kind of like reboot the system, you know, for the week ahead. Do you play a lot of video games? I saw you you recently won the Up Up Down Down. You, you, yeah. you won the title. Left right, left right, baby. Oh, I'm yeah. an Up Up Down Down guy, but I'm left right, left right. So, what kind of games do you like to play? Like, if you're just kicking back, like you said, today is Tuesday. It's your day to relax. Like, what kind of games do you play? Uh, well, the past like couple months or so me and all my friends we basically just like hop on call of duty and uh mm-hmm. we'll play like some Warzone or some like multiplayer or something but uh that's kind of like taking up most of my gaming right now because we kind of just all get on like as a group we kind of just all play but i've been getting more into nba 2k and also wwe 2 the wwe 2k games because i before when they were coming out i was always just so busy i never really played them but i'm like man why am i not playing as myself as a character on this video game so I, like a couple of weeks ago, I started playing it. And I'm like, man, this is so much fun. The WWE games, if you really just like sit down and like play them, they're so much fun, so much fun, hours. Dude, I spent a lot of time playing that game. I would make myself as a character. I would give <laughs> myself probably a bunch of your moves because I like to think of myself as somebody that can do flips even though I'm, yeah. I'm terrible. But but you can, you're, you're you. <laughs> like you get to log in and you're already there. That's got to be no, awesome. just there. No, it's, it's, it's amazing. It's funny because when I first started, like back in like early 2000s, 2003 is when I started, I, like, you know, you make a couple of like, I guess, goals or whatever, just little goals. Like one, I wanted to like be flown somewhere, even like, even if it was like cross state, I wanted to be like flown somewhere. I wanted to have like an action figure made of myself. I wanted to like go overseas. I wanted to like be in a video game, like little like, like but I never really thought I would be in a video game. I never thought I'd have an action figure. And you know what I mean? So uh, those things are cool now that it's real life and it's possible. Yeah, I mean, that's gotta be the I've made it moment because you know, you and I are talking and you know, a lot of people will see you on TV, on pay-per-views, on the screen, doing what you do, and they don't realize that it's not like like a ricochet just shows up and does this. Like, there's a long, long path, a lot of indie, small shows, all the other work and the grind just to get to this level. So it's not like you just walk in the door and you're like, here I am, I'm, I'm a superstar now. I mean, th- there's a long process. So, oh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> to sit down and really see yourself like in that way, it's gotta be so special and so fulfilling. And also, I mean, for your son to see something like that, it's gotta be really, really cool. Yeah, man, it's, uh, I, I, I think about stuff like that all the time, like, cause he's 12. So he like, doesn't fully like express himself, you know, cause they're still shy, you know. But like, I always wonder like, Cause I always ask my son, I'm like, hey, what do you think about like me having like a video game character, like uh, an action figure? He's like, oh, that's cool. I'm like, yeah, but I want to know what you're really thinking. I want to know what you're really thinking. So um, he, he, that definitely, cause I mean, it, it is cool. And like you said, it is a long journey to have gotten this far. Like you said, don't just like show up. Like it takes a lot of, 
trial and error. And that's why a lot of people ask me, like, how do you do so much flips and stuff? How do you teach yourself? I'm like, a lot of trial and error. So, <laughs> like, a lot of just it's the trying. error part you got to worry about. Too. <laughs> it's, not <laughs> it's not so much the trial, but the error part for sure. But yeah, um, for real, it just and it takes just a dedication, I guess. But man, it's it's cool. Like it's all paying off. It's all like worth it. And it's like, and like I said, if I can somewhat like if my son like look cooler to my son at all, so like that's cool too. So yeah, my my oldest daughter's eight, and you know when I'm on TV, she's like, I don't care. Dad. I'm on my I'm on my iPad. Like, come on, uh, man! You should be watching me on your iPad. Nope, no chance. She might watch this on the iPad because this will end yeah. up on YouTube, and that'll actually get to other people. That that might get to her. Uh, I want to take it back though. How does Trevor Mann become Ricochet? Because I see what you do. It, it defies all logic. I mean, honestly, we always have Raw, SmackDown, everything on the TVs. We have a big TV wall in front of us in our sports department. Nice. When you come on, we literally drop everything. We stop working and we just watch because you always do something that just it's inexplicable. So when you were a kid, when you were growing up, like when did you realize, hey, I could do like a double front flip or a double back flip or anything like that? I mean, how did you how did you come up with that? Oh, it's, it's funny that you mentioned it because like yeah, every time that I go out, whether it's for a tag raw smackdown nxt main event like whatever whenever i'm out there i always try to give the people something that they will go home and they will remember you know because we don't get a lot of time when we're out there you know so when we're out there i try to use every minute every second and try to get the most out of that and i try to always leave them with something they're going to remember um you know, and like you said, I get, I get people all the time, literally all the time telling me about how, like, how crazy and how wild it is to watch. And I guess it all really started, you know, you said, how does like Trevor Man? Because Trevor Man really now has to separate himself from Ricochet character. Because like you said, like, it's so funny because Trevor, like me, I, I like the thought of right now, like doing a backflip or doing a front roll or doing anything at all, like sounds horrible. And I do not, I would never want to do any of that in this moment. But for some reason, you know, when Ricochet, like when I step into those ropes, that's when you become like Ricochet, you know, and when you come out of that entrance, that's when you become Ricochet. And it's just that you don't think about that. You're just feeding off the energy of the fans. You're feeding off of your adrenaline. You're feeding off of all this stuff. And I guess I, I started doing rolls and flips and stuff when I was like five, six years old. Mm -hmm. So that part, I've just been doing it for so long. It's kind of second nature to me. You know what I mean? So, um, but it really is like something that I have to kind of warm up to now because the thought of doing it now, I guess maybe that's because getting older, like I'm getting older. So like I'm 39. Really I got you by a few years. I'm pretty <laughs> sure. And like my new year's resolution this year was to learn a backflip. No yeah. joke. And yeah. I was like, you know what? I got the kids a trampoline. I've never been able to do it. I've always been able to front flip and twisty flip. And I, I just had this mental block. And so I'm like, I'm doing it this year. I'm doing it. And, I'd watch you and I'd be like, well, if you can do that stuff, I can do at least a backflip. So I finally learned it, but, but you find that it hurts a lot more the older you get. It does. It really does. And it's funny because a lot of the, especially with the backflip, because you can ask really anybody, if you know anybody that can do any type of tumbling or flips or anything, like ask any, ask like, you know, ask Reggie, ask, you know, anybody like, doing backflips are so much easier than doing front flips. 
like yeah, mechanic, that's what I figured out. mechanically. Yeah, mechanically, it's, crazy. it's easier. It's more of like a mental block because you're you're not exactly. used to going backwards. Yeah, that that's exactly where the mental because most people will probably have the athletic or the ability to do one, but it's like the mental block is the hardest thing to get over. But you, I mean, you mentioned Reggie and we were talking about young Trevor, but like Reggie was a Cirque du Soleil performer, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you didn't have that background. You you were just a kid growing up in Kentucky. So how did you end up figuring out what you could do? Like, did you have a trampoline? Did you do gymnastics? Like, like how did this happen? I had a trampoline when I was five or six years old for sure. But I started wrestling. I started training when I was like 14 years old. So 50, the day I turned 50 on my birthday, actually October 11th, the day of Raw, uh, October 11th is my wrestling anniversary and my birthday at the same time. Great. Nice. Um, so I've just been doing it so that long. Um, so it just kind of comes with it. But yeah, when I was younger, we had trampolines and my friends had like trampolines. And like while I was doing like wrestling and honing like my abilities in wrestling, even res- Reggie, who was not wasn't a wrestler, but he was doing the Cirque du Soleil. So he was still like honing his craft in just a different, because actually the Cirque world and the rest world are kind of, you know, parallel. It's just both are like live action, high stakes theater. Yeah, I don't want to like waylay us too much. I've done a lot of stories with Cirque du Soleil because there are so many, I'm a sports guy, but there's so many parallels to professional sports in Cirque du Soleil. It's like a natural progression. So it's incredible what they do, but they do a lot of what you do too. travel year round, like training staffs with them, crazy, the crazy physical feats. It's, it's amazing. So yeah, I can yeah, see yeah. that. Man, whoever bought Ricochet trampoline, was it, was that your parents? Uh, yeah. Like I remember my dad going around to like a local, a couple of local places and trying to get like a secondhand trampoline, you know, that was for, a, the best purchase ever made, right? It there. was great. It's so <laughs> we like always like put it next because in our front yard, we had this huge like tree with like different like level branches and stuff. And by the end of the time there, before I moved out the tree, like one side of the tree was just completely like empty from all the times <laughs> we like climbed up it. But like you do, we go up the tree and jump out on the trampoline, so, you know, just little yeah. kids. I, I had a trampoline in the side yard and my parents wanted to kill us because we were always on the roof, jumping onto on the, the roof. Of the house. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Jumping up to the roof, jumping off the roof, man. Oh, just, we're so lucky. Yeah, we they just get don't sued. think about this stuff, but yeah, yeah no. Just, now you have nets that's, like everyone's got nets on yes. trampolines it's, it's i think those are nets. probably more dangerous though like i think you're gonna get caught on that net maybe that's just me. <laughs> you could pretend they're ropes though kind of you know it? wwe style it, it's all right um let me ask you this we kind of alluded to this earlier but you know when the pandemic hit travel kind of cut back for you guys there's a lot of performance center shows but i think and i'm not like somebody that was a professional wrestler but i think the crowd in 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 sports entertainment if you will is such a massive factor so you know when you were talking earlier about psyching yourself up you know before you come through the curtain and come out when you are trying to psych yourself out and you come out there and there's silence i mean other than your music obviously but how did that play for you that had to have been so difficult um well luckily i say luckily but like luckily like when we first start, like when I first started in like Tennessee and Alabama and Illinois and all these like little areas, like I basically wrestled in front of nobody, literally, like even upwards to like, you know, years into the business, we'd go to a show and there's 
you know, more people in the backstage than outside watching, this, you know, watching the show. <laughs> yeah. So, and it's just always, but, and I guess that's the, 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 the difference. There's, there's like two groups. Like there's some people who absolutely love the art of professional wrestling. They love doing it. They will do it in their backyard in front of nobody just because they love doing it. And then there's some people who will like only do it for money and will only do it for specific reasons and only do it in front of fans and only, you know what I mean? Yeah. I'm one of the guys who just, since I was eight years old, I've just loved professional wrestling. I've loved it my whole life. I, uh, and I obviously it helps because you know, people at home are watching, you know, people yeah, who, yeah. You go out if there it, and the thunder. If there's dome, like a million people watching, you're going to be stressed out no matter how loud it is. Right. Exactly. There's screens <laughs> and you, you get your music and they pipe in some noise and the screens, like the people are at home watching. So I kind of yeah, look true. at people at the screens and stuff and see them. But like, honestly, like, I'm just in a group of people who just love it and will like, will wrestle in front of, you know, nobody, obviously like people are watching, but who will wrestle in front of nobody. And just, I will always just try to, anytime I step into that, those ropes, those rings are very sacred place for a lot of us. It's very sacred. It means a lot to us. It literally like saves our lives. Most of us like keeps us off the street. So we owe a lot. We, we owe our lives to wrestling. So it's just something that I was literally born to do. It was something that I just love. I have a passion for it. And I just, it's just, it's hard for me to not give my all, even if it's in front of nobody or if it's in front of thousands. It's hard for me to not just go out there and give my all. But that being said, now, like when, when WWE comes to the Bay Area, there are going to be crowds. There's going to be big crowds. So, I mean, how much does that help you too? I mean, how great is it just to see people in person oh, and hear that pop? Dude, the, the first, I remember going back for the first time and having fans, it was just like night and day. It was like, although like being at the Thunderdome was a cool experience and it was a learning curve for a lot of us who've never been through that. And it was a new experience, experience and it was pretty cool. But man, it's just there's nothing that just compares to a live crowd. There's just nothing. The energy, the electricity, the the atmosphere. Like, who's not going to get pumped up? Who's not going to get... Like, when you hear pyro starting the show, welcome to Raw, and it's live, and it's... Who's not going to get pumped up? Man, it's, it's a spectacle for sure, and that really, like, just helps us go out there and perform, man. It's, it's night and day. What are your, some of your favorite places to go i know you get to travel the world so what are some of your favorite places that you've been to uh understandably when you're traveling you're probably trying to get into the arenas get your stuff set up get going but do you get any time to really see a lot of these places you're going um man that's the thing i've traveled for 12 years constant like constantly traveling now and i don't i've never like other than like a little bit here or there, maybe we got to go see like a little cool little mountain or a cool little something like obviously other than Japan, because I basically kind of lived in Japan for like three and a half years. So I got to see a lot in Japan, which might be my like favorite place to go. Japan might be my favorite place that I've, I've been around the world. But um, I really haven't, especially Europe. I know there's so many places I've been in Europe that I haven't got to explore, see any of the cool castles or any of the cool like monuments or anything. Because we're just kind of busy, especially like, like you said, we land early in the morning, mm -hmm. probably take a nap, 
until we have to get on the bus, you know, to get to the show, you know, or like some of us will get there, we'll go straight to the gym to work out, you know, in time to like shower, eat, get ready to go to the show. Like it's kind of a, it's kind of a, we all, we kind of, I guess we, to some people will land and go do the sightseeing and then go to the show. So there's like a different group of like what you want to do, I guess. Like, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. People don't get that, but like, you know, I traveled as a baseball beat writer and people are like, oh man, you went to New York. How was that? And I was like, oh, you want to hear about, you want to hear about like the residence in or like the, or the, the Yankee stadium clubhouse or the airport. That's all I saw. I, I can tell you a lot about, about like, JFK. Yeah. yeah. You want to hear about like the cab? Like, <laughs> yeah, don't see, we don't see anything. Yeah. I mean, you, we watch the game, you write about the game, you go to the hotel, you sleep. That's about yeah. it. Um, yeah. <laughs> you talked about your love of wrestling growing up. And I know that one of the people you watch a lot growing up had to have been triple H. He was one of my favorite oh, people yeah. growing up later on. Now, you know, you got to be in a mentorship position with him. And, and honestly, I just heard he had a, a heart thing too. So hopefully mm-hmm. he's doing okay. But what was doing it like it. to kind of go from, you know, being a fan to being able to kind of pick the brain of somebody like that, the, the, the cerebral assassin. Oh, it was great. Actually, him and Shawn Michaels both. Oh, I know. Um, legendary. Legendary. Because when I was in the Performance Center, uh, Shawn Michaels had like a small little class that he would teach. It was like me, Undisputed, like Johnny Gargano. Um, just a, a couple of us were like in this group. Uh, I think Tommaso Ciampo was in there. Either way. It's a good company. Yeah. So learning from like Shawn and then like every week we're at TV seeing Hunter, you know, and like getting to learn from him and a lot of the stuff that we performed out there for everybody was like partially because their ideas, like they're handing it to us and then it's just, but it's cool because my whole life, I guess when I got older, I understood, but like as a being younger growing up, like, man, I hated, I hated triple H. He's a good heel. I hated him. I hated him. But now when I grow up, I appreciate that feeling because I knew like that's what he wanted me to feel at that moment mm-hmm. so I'm like man he's so good and going back and watching everything all the little things him and Sean both all the little things like when they're talking you're like oh yeah that's totally obvious but why didn't I think about that or like the way they say it's just you'll ask them a question hey I was thinking about this what do you think and they'll like just say something you're like oh no yeah that's that's exactly what I was looking for. I'll be back. You it's know like what I mean? Like, bulb goes off. <laughs> it's so crazy to, like you said, go from watching them every Monday to, like, just being there and being able to, like, listen and grow. And, like, it's hard to even, like, not ask questions because we're always asking questions. But, like, for me, like, a guy named Hip, like Eric Thomas is a hip-hop preacher. He always said, when you would, when you're in a room with a guru, he's like, it's time to, like, listen. You don't want to mm-hmm, shut up. Yeah. Don't talk. When you're in a room with a guru, it's like, you got to listen. There's a reason why he's a guru and you're not a guru. You know what I mean? Like, it's time to listen. And just, that's all we was doing, just listening. Because he, both of those guys, man, they they have so much knowledge to give. So much knowledge to give. Now, what about a guy like, like Rey Mysterio? Because, you know, I grew up watching Rey. And the stuff he did was mind-blowing. And the thing that yeah, set him apart level. in my mind was he would do it so cleanly like there was never any botches you would never mess it up and then when i saw you you reminded me so much of that because you're doing these things that are just unparalleled and you make it look so easy that it's just incredible like you're not messing this stuff up it's highly highly difficult yeah (laughs) the way that you were so clean in, in the way you do it and the way that he did it 
was awesome. And I don't know if we're allowed to talk about this, but I remember seeing you as Prince Puma the first time you got to work with Ray, I think. And I just thought to myself, that must be such a special moment because I see these two guys as, is very, very comparable in a way. Oh, for sure. Um, And even that match, a lot of people ask me, like, what's your favorite match? And it's hard for me to pick a favorite match because I have favorites for, like, specifically different reasons. Mm -hmm. But if I had to, like, at the end of the day, pick one up to this point of my career, like, that match has to go top two, top three favorite matches ever just because of what it meant to me and, like, what Ray means to me. And, um, dude, that – because we've had a couple – we might even had a couple before that match, like on the Mm. independence, one overseas, one in, like, New York. But uh, that one specifically, man, I was just like – I remember so funny, like, after the match – because he leaves the ring. I'm about to leave. And he stops me. He's like, no, this is your moment. You stay. I'm going to get out of here. I'm like, even though he just won, but everyone was cheering for me either way. Yeah, yeah. So I go to the back finally. I try to find his little locker room. And I go to his locker room. And I'm trying to just say, hey, thank you so much for this match. It means a lot to me. Like, you've obviously been a huge inspiration. You've been like, a, you know, like someone I've looked up to for so long. So just thank you. I was trying to talk to him and tell him all this stuff. We're sitting there, everybody's around, and I'm just like crying. I can't even speak. I can't even speak. I'm like, just like, so I, like literally, like so emotional. Like, and he's like, "No, I know, man." He's like, and it's so cool. And like, even at that, like at that moment, like he was like, "Man," he goes, "I love that dude." He goes, "Man, I wish you could have met Eddie." He goes, "Eddie would have loved you, bro." He was like, "He goes, I, he goes, Eddie would have, Eddie was watching that one for sure." And like, as soon as I like, started like feeling better, he says that, and it's so, like I just start instantly yeah, like, crying he's again. Like a tunnel <laughs> at that point. <laughs> I start instantly crying again, but yeah, man, like, I think he knows, like, the respect level that's there, you know, I think he knows, like, the inspiration and everything, and it's just cool, and to be, to be able to, like, share a ring with someone like him, you know, it's just, it's so cool. So, I want to get into a couple specific moments, because, I mean, I could rattle off a thousand of them, but that double backflip, double moonsault you did, War Games, off the cage, yes. has got to be one of the craziest things I have ever seen. So first, I want to just know, like, what is going through your mind as you're going up there about to do that? Do you think? Can you think? Do you just have to do it? What, what is that? Honestly, like? if I'm being completely honest, I'm like, I'm, I'm, it's funny. I'm thinking, I hope they're not too close. Cause I'm just going to overshoot them. That's what I literally, cause I can't, yeah, see yeah. <laughs> I can't see them. So I'm like, I just hope they're not too close because a lot of times guys, they, they tend to get closer cause they think that's better. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But that's not always the case, but that's literally at the, I remember at that moment I was thinking, I hope they're not too close. Cause then I'm just going to hit the ring and that's going to suck. That'll hurt. Yeah. Uh, but like, cause again, it's, the 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 adrenaline's kind of taking over, so you're not really thinking about the consequences. The electricity of the crowd is taking over, so you're like feeling it. And then also, like it's just re- repetition. Like Kobe said, like I've I've been doing flips. I know the control. I know the momentum. I know the all the ins and outs of the, the technique of it because I've been doing it since I was six. It's nothing I haven't done before on a trampoline a hundred times. You know what I mean? Like. But on the top of a cage onto a bunch of dudes. But that's that where the really adrenaline and the, uh, the crowd and the <laughs> yeah. electricity and the atmosphere, that's where all that kind of takes over. You know what I mean? And also, you got to kind of be a little 
stupid, a little crazy. You kind of got to be a little crazy to do a double backflip off the cage. For you real? Know? It's insane. So um, <laughs> I'm on adrenaline. And it's like, you know, the Jeff Hardys, all those yeah. guys, we're just adrenaline junkies. We're all just adrenaline junkies. We like it. That's cool. I mean, I also think if you, you're like, you're going to climb up there and you're, you're at the top and you're, you're like, well, I'm ricochet. I can't just climb down now. I got to do something. I can't just climb down I mean, now. <laughs> what about like, nobody see. what are some of the other bumps like that you've done? I, I could think of like when you jumped over the top rope, landed on your feet in front of Velveteen Dream. <laughs> that was Triple H's idea. It was Triple H. Wow. Way, yeah. That's one we of the were, coolest I remember things. We were all like going over like that segment. Yeah. And we're trying to figure out like an exclamation mark, something that's really going to get the fans. Yeah, that'll do it. Like, what can I say? What can I do? And we're all just sitting there thinking like, what can I, Dream's talking like, and I'm in the ring. I don't have a microphone. So I'm like, we're like, what can I do? Can I do something? And we had a bunch of scenarios and none of them, some of them were good, but none of them just like, you know, and then Triple H, like we're just sitting there and he's like looking, he's like, it'd be cool if you could just like, he says his line or whatever. And you just like run, flip out of the ring right in front of him and just like, well, just show me. He's like, could you do that? And I was like, in my head, I'm thinking, I don't know. I mean, I know the mechanics of it, but I've never done it. But so he asked me, can you do that? And I'm like, yeah. You know, of course you say I yes. You want to say no. Yeah. Yeah. And then he was like, do you want to try it? I'm like, no, nah, because what if I mess up and I get hurt? I don't want to try it. You know what I mean? Wow. So that was the first so. time you did that? <laughs> yeah. That's Just absurd. Like, one take. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to try it. You can't. There's nothing you can really try, you know? Yeah. There's nothing. Yeah. You know I mean, I guess you could put a crash mat and I can like a crash and I could like jump onto the pad, but we didn't really have time. And you still have other people trying to use everything. So I'm like, yeah, I'll just do it when I'm not there. How high is that, that top rope from the ground? It's probably got to be eight feet. Okay. I was thinking around 10 probably, but yeah, it's got to well, be. Well, 10's like a basketball goal. That's yeah, exactly. And I don't yeah. think it's as high as a basketball goal. That is about it's eight just, feet. It's crazy. It's absolutely yeah. crazy. Is there something, I, I know that that spot, I, if I sit there, we watch, you know, we obviously watch you on the TV all the time, but when we pull the yeah. YouTube videos, it's that one, the one where you jumped and landed in front of Velveteen Dream where everyone's like, whoa, that's yeah. crazy. Um, I mean, and if you mess that up, that would have really been tough. That's the thing, yeah. It's like I could have hit the top rope and fell. Like I could have like over-rotated and land. I like under-rotated and land on my back, you know, just swant on. What if I just swant on bomb to the floor? <laughs> yeah. <You know? laughs> and you'd have to try to like move up and actually like act like he, you meant to hit him. That'd probably yeah, be the only sure. possible way to save that scenario. But let me tell you what I think of that. I think that's the ultimate show of faith from Triple H to you, that he could, he could come up with that with the confidence in you that you could actually do it. That, that's yeah. got to be huge, huge show of faith. There. And, and, yeah, it means a lot to me. And um, it's actually funny. Most of the crazy things that I have done, especially on like Raw, has been someone else's idea for mm. me. <laughs> they're like oh i had this idea i don't know if you can do it but i'm thinking if you could just like do this and i'm like yeah why not i could try it well because for me like i know i've been doing it so long so i, I kind of know my capabilities i know where to like stop because sometimes you're like i was thinking of this and i'm like no that's absolutely possible they're like yeah but you're a good shame I'm like yeah but 
I'm not an alien. It's actually impossible to do. You can't do that. And they're like, okay, okay. You know, think of something else. But like, so I know, like, I don't ever do things that I think is out of range of my capabilities. Even if I've never really kind of done it before, or if I've never like, you know, attempted something like it, like I know it's well within my capabilities. So, and I know the mechanics of it. So now it's like, especially when you are live and you're in the ring and they're like, you gotta go, you know I mean? Mm -hmm. You just gotta go and you gotta do it. So you don't really get a chance to think about it. I always say, I always say, use your instinct. Don't think. Because sometimes when you think you overthink and you mess it up because you stutter. So sometimes it's just better to do it. Did you have like, um, you know, when the Olympics just happened, you know, Simone Biles, she said that she had the twisties. Did you have any empathy for that? Like, has that ever happened to you? Is that um, something that's ever come across in your career? Because I could imagine if the, men the mental block gets in the way, it's, it's got to be really tough to overcome something like that. I will say she is doing a ton more twists. <laughs> you got that point right. Than I am doing. Most of mine is like a double of 630 is only like one and a half. It's really mm -hmm. compared to what Simone Biles is doing. But you, it is still the same thing. So I don't think I'm like, she's doing it like on an Olympic, like she's probably doing three, four twists in the air yeah. before she lands on the ground. I might do one and a half. And she's doing them repetitively. Boom, 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 boom. I might do it, hit the guy, and then hurt myself for a second. You know, like, so it's, a, it's, it's like a different league, different caliber, but I understand exactly what she's saying and exactly what she's talking about. And she is totally, she's correct. Like, it is a real thing a lot of us have to go through. It's a real thing a lot of us deal with. But, uh, you know, especially in the sports world, it's kind of hard not to, you know, you got to tough it out and, like, be strong <laughs> in the sports world. But yeah. uh, so, so no, it's, cool. it's, a lot of ways. it's something that um, a lot of athletes deal with, but I, I've luckily never really had it to like that caliber. But yeah, for sure. And especially even, even if I did, like luckily, like within especially the WWE, they're so good about like if, if, if you mention like, oh, man, my head's kind of weird. They're like, OK, yeah, well, let's, you know, make sure you're good in this. And you're like, yeah, but I can wrestle. And like, no, you probably can. But let's make sure, you, you know. So they're really good about that stuff. They're really good about that. So that's what kind of also helps us if we're even feeling some way, whether it's like a mental thing or a shoulder or knee, if we're feeling something, they're there to help us take care of it. So that's cool. Yeah, I can imagine they'd much rather have you able to go out there than have to miss a bunch of time. So it's good to take care of you guys physically. Oh my gosh. One time I had some like a, a bursa sack in my elbow had bust and it was like pretty swollen. And then I guess that got infected. So they had to like cut it open and get the infection out. And man, it was like the day of raw. And I was supposed to do something with like the generation X and we were supposed to do the cross chops. Oh, and I was supposed man. to say, we got two words for you. It was going to be a childhood dream. And they were like, no, you can't go out. I'm like, yeah, but I'm not even wrestling. They're like, yeah, but we don't want that to get infected more like to get mm. someone else. And I'm like, no, guys, I'm like, please you have to let me go out. And they're like, no, we just can't let you go out. And I'm like, please. <laughs> I was like, please. And they said, no, they, they never did let me, but it's for my own good because obviously yeah, it's for you. gotten more infected or could have infected some, uh, obviously, you know? So I was just like, no, no, no. So defeated. I wanted to say, we got two words for you. 
Oh yeah. man, I grew up on that too, so that would have killed. We me. all agree, yeah. So, uh, oh. but that's why the WWE medical staff, A plus, everybody is is really there for you. Uh, probably not have much more time with you, but I got to ask, training video wise, <laughs> some of the videos you post on social media, uh, honestly, might be crazier than what you do in the ring. Like I saw when you're doing flips up mats, which was incredible. Yeah. Uh, I mean, difficult. is that? Do people like like fall over watching you at the gym? I mean. How is how do people react when they see? It's what funny you that one was actually with my one of my homeboys. His name's Stacy Irvin, who was also like an Olympic level gymnast. He's he, he he trained at the performance center for a little bit before he found a new passion and just you know decided to to, to go with that. But um, he uh, we just wanted to like we always try to he and I specifically we always try to I don't know because everyone puts out like them doing a bench press or them doing some squats or them doing a, you know, something, some bicep curls, everybody's seat, but like we can do things that people can't do. So let's put out some cool, like, and even people who can do like front flips, but are trying to challenge themselves and, you know, maybe work on making them somehow, you know, or just challenge themselves. So we try to always put out something cool and something fun and something that again, people are going to remember and people are going to be like, that was cool. And like stuff you want to see, you know, that again, like we can do that. A lot of people can't do. Basically, that's all that is. And we're, we are having some fun, you know. I put out a little bloopers, too, and I was trying it and failed. Yeah, I saw that. You know, so it's uh, it's all cool. But, uh, yeah, we just try to put out some different material, of, like some cool acrobatics and stuff. So, like, I guess I'll end on this, but WWE draft coming up. Yeah. What's the future for Ricochet? What do you got going on? Um, That's exactly what I'm, I'm, I'm here waiting on right now. I ain't really been doing much for the past, like, five weeks. But um, that's because we're just kind of waiting, buying our time, waiting for, for the right moments and stuff. But um, I'm super excited for the draft. October 1st, October 4th, are going to be the first days. Um, it's going to start it off in SmackDown, I think, in Baltimore. So that's I'm excited for that. going to uh, wait for that. I'm not, I don't really have a specific brand I'm hoping to like be on. For me, it's just like wherever I land, I know like at that moment, I've just got to, I've got to make an impact wherever I'm at. You know what I mean? And I, again, like you, like we were saying earlier, like you were saying, like people all the time telling me, I want to see you, I want to see you. Mm -hmm. you, know, so you drop everything, drop you're everything when you're on the screen, for real. So, uh, and that's, you know, again, I get that a lot. And uh, so I'm just waiting, waiting for my opportunity to strike, I guess. I'm on my Randy Orton right now. <laughs> yeah. Wait, like a viper, like just a waiting. viper. So, all right, um, Ricochet, you're the man. But yeah, I'm just ready to make an impact, basically. I won't take up any more of your off day. Yeah. I hope you enjoy it. I hope you get to kick back. I saw you doing oh, yeah. some backflips on a video with your son in the pool. That looks super fun. Yeah, I can't wait to see what he can do if he's learning from you. Man, he's already crazy athletic. <laughs> That's great, man. Thank you so much for your time, Ricochet. Not a problem, man. Thank you so much. Thank you guys for having me. This is great. With authority.